Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in-store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Start collecting your Irish rugby stickers today. Konnichiwa, you're very welcome to the Left Wing Rugby World Cup Daily. I'm Rory O'Connor. Keen Tracy and Jonathan Bradley are here with me. We've all been out and about today. We're back in Hakata in Fukuoka City. Scotland have just hammered uh, Russia. And we're going to get a, a quick podcast out today because we all want to go watch Wales-Fiji, which I think is going to be a pretty exciting game. But there is a direct correlation, obviously, between Scotland's big win over Russia and Ireland's prospects of making it to the World Cup quarterfinal. Keen hasn't a clue what's going on. But Jonathan, obviously the A-level maths, he is going to explain the permutations to our listeners. Go. So essentially Scotland's point difference after their big win is now plus 71, which is a decent bit better than Ireland's on plus 52. Scotland are on 10 points. If they were to get five points against Japan, Japan were to still get one point either through four tries or losing bonus point, and Ireland were to win without the bonus point, that would put them all on 15 Scotland would therefore most likely go through on having the best points difference, which would leave Ireland and Japan head-to-head, which would obviously put Ireland out. So as if we didn't know it before, bonus Bonus point, absolutely imperative. Jonathan's used to doing permutations when it comes to covering Ulster, in fairness, (laughs) when it comes to the European Cup, so I feel like you're the right man for the job. But I was going to use the excuse of where I was today as an excuse, sorry, but I think you were in Hiroshima as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was in Hiroshima too, but I... Uh, stupidly got the slow train back so I had that little bit extra time to uh, to work things out so you can use that as the excuse yeah well I came straight back to watch uh, to watch the Scotland game well cool. I think we'll return to the, to, the, to that in a little while because um, I was there on Sunday and it's definitely worth talking about because it's an it's an amazing place um, the likelihood is probably that Ireland will win with a bonus point even if they don't I find it unlikely to think that this set of results will happen that Scotland will score four tries and win in typhoon conditions on on Sunday, while also holding, you know, while also you know Japan scoring enough points to finish within seven, but not scored a fourth bonus point that will put Scotland out. But it is going to make things interesting. Like if Ireland want to make things nice and easy, the keen that like it's the, the bonus point or nothing, because you really they don't want. I know they're staying here in Fukuoka till Monday. We think anyway, um, they don't want to be watching the watching that game worrying, and also they don't want any sort of non-aggression pact between the Scots and the Japanese coming out that would uh, see the, the you know Ireland knocked out. Yeah, and the impression we got this week is it's going to be a strong team that will be named to, to face Samoa, which was definitely not part of the plan. So they know what they have to do. Even Jacob Stockdale talking in today's papers that, you know, he's never really been involved in a game where 
you have to go chasing a bonus point and that will play into the likes of his hands assuming he's playing which you you'd imagine he will so it's a different sort of mentality but with the full Ireland team if they're all playing you think they'd be good enough wouldn't you to do it um I know I said on yesterday's podcast that I thought Scotland could cause uh, like it's even amazing to say like it could be a shock if they beat Japan but it, it would be at this stage but just watching them there 61-0 nine, nine tries against Russia I know it's it's only Russia but Ireland didn't do that against Russia no I do think and, and like you can you can start making excuses for them I do think Russia played much better against Ireland in more difficult conditions than Ireland played than they did today I thought they the turnaround and the fact that they played you know it was their fourth game they probably won foot in the plane like probably the count against them they started throwing the ball around the first 10 minutes when like you know they hadn't done that in the other games they were it looked like they were out to kind of finish try and finish on a high so to hold one up against the other is possibly a little bit unfair on Ireland but at the same time Scotland looked like a team who were enjoying themselves an awful lot more and will go having had their big blip we saw them out in Kobe having a good time in between games they look like they've kind of overcome the the disappointment of that first game and are heading to that game in Yokohama having rested they did a mad thing. They played Fraser Brown for the first half an hour and then took him off, which I thought was an Darcy interesting Graham try. as well, they, they, hauled, they hauled him off. And even I spotted Gregor Townsend at a temple last week and in the middle of the temple there was a wishing well. Um, so I'm not sure that he, did he make a wish, but you'd never know come this you weekend. A, a convert to Shin, is it Shin uh, Buddhism uh, by yeah, the end of this Sh- tournament? Shinto, isn't it? Yeah. Shinto, yeah. There's a couple, they, they pick and choose it seems. But like when you have those, when you have the, the second string essentially putting pressure on like this, that like, that's a really good camp now going into what is a massive game and you'd well you'd wonder if from their point of view was that their big performance but you look at the players they can bring back in and I thought Adam Hastings was outstanding today scored two tries George Horn scored a hat-trick from scrum half and really added something different and he's going to be pushing now as well like I mentioned uh, Darcy Graham came off early I don't think they they suffered any injuries so they're going into this game now. You talk about building up momentum. Ireland haven't really done it yet at this World Cup. That's what they're looking for this weekend. Scotland have that now. It was almost like they were sort of thinking that they were better off continually freshening up their team rather than you know having the starters and then have the bench coming on with half an hour to go and having that one injection of just almost drip feeding it through. It was interesting, I suppose, just as a, something that you would very rarely see. But you do just wonder if it was a game possibly better suited to Scotland they probably had more if you like game breakers we've talked about this a fair amount of and obviously it's been pointed out by by Rory Best recently um, that if Ireland are marginally off maybe they don't have the guys with the um, I think he's, he didn't want to say individual talent but that's pretty he kind of talked more about genetic freakery didn't he he talked about the genetic strength of being of having power runners who could win well, I mean Samoa have the natural advantage there but even just like the the runners and that just little bit more invention maybe players who play a bit more off the cuff now yeah. that's more obviously but Ireland have the I system think, that's been coaching yeah, them I think Ireland have those players as well you look at like Jordan Larmer Andrew Conway Keith Earls the back three you played like I mean against in that Russia game as well but Ireland do have the potential I think to do that and yeah how much of it is down to the way they're being coached but I think Rudd hit the nail on the head by saying that you know Russia just out on their feet um, I just had a look back at the last 14 margin of victories in the World Cup and it's it's like it's grim reading France Tonga was two points and the next closest after that was 19 and 20 points Japan Samoa England Argentina like the quarterfinals can't come soon enough I think now I think this that weekend th- should be good this weekend should be good, but I think the tier two 
teams have you know run out of t- steam a little bit uh, they've put everything into the first thing now obviously Samoa are gunning for Ireland but I think by and large th- these lopsided scores don't do anything I think for the image of rugby and I think come next week in the quarterfinals it will obviously be different but it highlights again how the difference in the gulf between the best teams in the world yeah I mean it's it, and I think it will be important not to move on without thinking of them and, and not you know taking Definitely, note of yeah. the problems that they have because Samoa are a team full of of of, of athletes of, of really really good rugby players I, I spent a little bit of time with them yesterday um I don't know if they're going to fall away in the same way other teams are. They've had a nice seven-day turnaround between games. They've got a cause. They, like, you know, they don't want to talk about tackling anymore. They, they feel like they've been dealt a fairly big injustice in that first with those suspensions. Um, I mean, that I, I agree with the suspensions personally, but that they feel like that they've been uh, victimized and others have gotten away with it. Um, they pushed Japan all the way to eighty minutes in, in that game last Saturday, and. They want to sign off that like I have an interview with TJ Iwani in tomorrow's paper. They want to sign off very much with, with a performance that justifies their presence here, and they're a team that really, if they were given the opportunities that Ireland are or other teams are, if they spent as much time together and camp together, they could actually be competitors. You know, with a couple of the players that are not allowed to play by their French and English clubs. So, I think they are a dangerous opponent. I think their opponent Ireland should beat because Ireland. For all that they don't have the genetic advantages that Rory best talked about the other day, they have all the organisational advantages. They have the best coaching, the best facilities, the best. They're looked after the best. They're the, you know the best looked after team in the world. We hear all this this stuff. They should go out there and win. But I think Samoa ha- there is a danger to this game. I think like there's certainly more probably more obdurate than we've given them credit for. Like it was 84 minutes when Japan finally got the fourth try. It was 75 minutes when Scotland got the fourth try. Yeah. So it's been a close run thing for teams to get bonus points. They were rubbish against Scotland as well. Like Even though they kept, they run around the close. And that was the game we were we, we were all at. Yeah. So that's probably our impression of them is built on that. They were better in the other two games. Yeah, and I think just to go back to the point about not forgetting about these teams, and it seems like every World Cup they get put in the window and you know the issue gets highlighted, but nothing gets done about it. You even look at the earlier game today, Argentina beat USA 47-17. Now, from what I heard... USA had really targeted this game. Argentina have stank the place out since they've been here and apparently have been enjoying themselves for the last couple of days. And like 47-17 against a USA team who, you know, I know rugby is still growing there as well, but they've made no impact at this World Cup either. And, you know, if if these scores and these margin of victories, if people aren't going to take note now, I'm not sure like where, where the game is going, if you know what I mean, because we're going to see the quarter the quarterfinals and it'll be the A teams that most people would have predicted to make it and that's when the serious stuff starts and that's not good for the game I don't think yeah Japan are, are the obvious example of yeah. the team and, and if the US do get the hosting rights for 2027 you will you will see proper investment going in there and you see that there is a burgeoning professional game there but right, right now they're reliant on basically you know five is it five AIL players in, in that squad but yeah. one, AJ McGinty is, fairly, is a lot better than AIL and he's been very good Standard. actually AJ McGinty he has and they were good against yeah. in fairness they were good against France and, and, and probably got burned off in the last five ten minutes France are, are you know an interesting case in point as to whether they're a good or a bad team but there is I mean as it goes, it's just very difficult for them, especially with the way the turnarounds work out, for someone like Russia to, to be up four times. Like they had to get up for that opening night against Japan. Like that was that was their shop window. It was a massive TV audience. Then they had you know the four or five day turnaround to Samoa. Probably should have been playing as thirteen men at one stage. 
didn't you know and, and did themselves proud did themselves proud against Ireland you know the, the top ranked team that they play against but to do it four times in a couple of, in a couple of weeks that's tough but I think it's as Cian says I think it's fuel for the fire for people that don't like this competition you know people will always say that it's takes us three four weeks to uh, paradigm nine teams into eight you can now say it's ten teams down into eight with Japan in as well as they are but it's not good for the competition you mentioned um, US there and I throw Canada into that mix what world rugby needs for this competition is MLR to take off in a big way. It's happened this tournament, obviously, is far too soon for it because you had the first sort of attempt at the US Pro League, which folded so soon. This one seems to be going in a better direction. We're seeing more expansion. The crowds, certainly in places like Seattle, have been very, very good. So New they, York are building too, aren't they? Yeah, and obviously, like the, sort of the statement signings, you know. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a big thing to try and get U.S. competitive. It's not going to happen overnight at all. You know, we still talk about them getting the hosting rights for the Soccer World Cup in USA 94. And, you know, they still haven't really made an impact at uh, that tournament. But I don't really see too many other ways of growing the game in inverted commas. Well, and, and it could be to say, you know, if, if they got it right, Japan is a massive market. We've seen that the TV figures have been amazing over here. If the US, if you station the team on the, the the southwest coast, you know they're able. That's not that's in the same kind of ballpark. I mean, it's, there's big travel involved, but they could be playing against, you know, Argentina. You could get them into the rugby championship if you got them up to a certain level. You got Japan in. Suddenly, you got six, seven teams and big TV markets, which could then put the money into the game. Maybe you move South Africa back this way, but we're probably going way beyond. We, you know, we've talked about Ireland Samoa too much this week when we're talking about the future of the game in the Western Hemisphere. Lads, you both went. You know, we, this was a day with no media, so it was a bit of a chance to um, see a bit of the country today. You both went to Hiroshima. I was there on Monday, I think it was. Um, got up there. It's only an hour up the road. It's full. There was a load of Welsh fans. I think it was a lot of the family of the Welsh players were there when there I was there. There was a lot of Irish there today. Well, when was I was there, there, yeah, 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 yeah. There's probably not ever been more Irish people in Hiroshima than there was today. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty uh, powerful place. I mean, I, everyone I, I presume knows the story of what happened there in 1945. But that museum, everything that's there, it's it's uh, it's definitely worth seeing for anyone who's in Japan because it, it, it's arresting. Yeah, I'm not sure which order you did it in, but we went to the sort of the site first rather than the museum. And I think if anyone was planning on going, I think definitely go to the museum first and then go to the sites because you kind of rock up. So the site is kind of just above where the bomb was dropped and it's a shell of a dome building that's left. And you're just kind of standing there wondering how how it managed to survive. And even the bridge next to it was, was damaged, but still managed to survive too. But it was hard to get a context of what actually went on because it is so different now, obviously, to what it was back then. Like It's a big, bustling city. There's a lot going on. There's tall buildings kind of surrounding the dome. So it was hard to get an impression of, apart from knowing what had happened, the sort of severity and the reality of it. So the museum was, was harrowing. Um, the only thing I'd ever kind of been to like that was Auschwitz and very kind of similar. The, the pictures they have up there just, you know, and I think that it was good, you know, they're, they're not really shying away from how bad it was. And it, obviously it was absolutely terrible. So it was very interesting. It was the one thing coming to Japan as a as a tourist, if you will, that I wanted to do it. I was delighted to see it. But yeah, it was harrowing stuff. Yeah, like I had never been to Auschwitz. So I'd never done anything like that. I'd read like um, John Hersey's book just before I came out about it. So that almost sort of prepares you for it, but not really because an awful lot of the museum is obviously so visual and it's like 
it's numbing in a way, I think, when you're walking around it and it's um, just, I suppose, the sheer amount of horror for something that's still so recent in the numbers. Like, one of the things that struck me was, you know, you walk in and it's 140,000 people. Like, the scale of it is unreal. If anyone is planning to go, I would 100% tally with what you said and say, do the museum did first. Did you do it first that's what we did. Yeah. And I think, smart like, thing. just even, like, afterwards, being able to walk around the city a bit, have a cup of coffee, get something to eat, and just sort of, like, refresh yourself a wee bit from it, because, like, I would not have wanted to be bouncing back on the train yeah, straight after the I museum. got a bowl of ramen afterwards, and I was sitting across from a colleague, just the two of us, and we hardly spoke a word to each other. It was just, like... You felt weird even enjoying a bowl of noodles after something like that. Well, if you want to cheer yourselves up, there's a very nice, lovely island off the coast of Fukuoka where I spent most of my day called Nakanoshima Island, which includes a, a course, a nine-hole course, not a golf course. It's a cross between croquet and golf. Um, it's I think each each hole is about 50 metres. Um, and no one was playing. So I was really, you, I'm not really sure. See? No one was playing. I really wanted to see how it worked out, but it's full of flowers. It's very nice. So uh, that's how I got my equilibrium today. Um, Wales against uh, Fiji is starting about five to ten minutes, so I think we'll leave it there for today. Tomorrow we'll have team news. We'll we'll have uh, hopefully a bit of Joe Schmidt's uh, comments about the upcoming game against Samoa. Things are gearing up. Ireland's uh, calculators at the ready for the weekend, I suppose, because things are about to get very, very interesting. Thanks, lads, and thanks for everyone for listening. Cheers. Cheers, thank you. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.